0: I'm Paul Wiegraff, director of the Delaware Division of the Arts, and your host for today. In the studio with me are two guests from the Rainbow Chorale of Delaware the president of the board, Mary Repi, and the artistic director, Ariane Harley. Welcome. It's great to have you both here.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having us today.
0: So glad to have you here because um, the Rainbow Chorale of Delaware has just been doing some amazing work in Delaware, vocally, artistically, and in terms of outreach. Uh, Mary, uh, for our listeners, just give us a little bit of history of the, uh, the Rainbow Chorale.
2: Um, so the Rainbow Chorale was founded in 1999, and it's a community chorus. Um, we are not actually an auditioned chorus, um, so we're open to anyone in the community. Um, and we are an LGBT and allies chorus. Um, so, we have a social mission of increasing acceptance of LGBT individuals. You don't actually have to be LGBT to be in the chorus, but um, this is a, this is part of our mission. And we do this um, through performing choral music, both in formal concerts and also doing outreach events out in the community.
0: Great. Now, um, how long have you been around and, and sort of how have you evolved as an organization?
2: So, the... Um, as I said, the course was founded in 99. And it's been continuous ever since. Uh, It's a SATB course. So it's men and women. And uh, we basically have about 50 members. um, And we, uh, as an organization, we had a founding director who was our director for about seven years. And then we've had several directors since then. And we've just started with Arian. Um, So as a organization it actually came out fairly quickly as a as a large group mm-hmm. um, it when it when it was founded it, it, a lot of people were very enthusiastic and joined um, and we really had
1: good numbers through the years
0: that's great now Arianne you're fairly new as the artistic director correct
1: that is correct I began on August 1st of this year
0: now you have you have an experience with quite a wide array of, of vocal groups how how uh, how does how is this one similar how is it different how do you you handle uh the group with in terms of of training Uh, it's not audition, but I understand people sing for you for for vocal placement and that sort of thing.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, So what is unique about this group is that it doesn't have an audition process. It is very much so open to anyone. Um, So the opportunities there are that you have a lot of folks who might not have had formal training. So that's exciting to me. Um, And I love working with folks who are amateur singers um, and really teaching them and moving them along. So my heart is really in education and education, yes, not just with children, but with adults as well. And so it's a a real opportunity to be able to work with people at a variety of different levels in one group. Um, So I feel that, you know, coming in new to this role, I'm really going to have a lot of open ear seeing where the choir is and where we're going to be able to grow and go in the years to come. So it's pretty exciting.
0: Now... I know from your website that, and Mary, you mentioned it, you don't audition, but you do ask people to sing so you can play some vocally. Sure. And that people don't have to know how to read music to join. That's correct. But I thought I read something about how there's... Expectations may be too strong of word, but part of your teaching process is to help people learn uh, the musical process in reading music. Is that right?
1: Right, absolutely. So, even though, you know, f- the vocal placement is we want to make sure that people are singing in a comfortable range, mm-hmm. um, that they're going to be successful uh, wherever they're placed. And so, part of our job as artists and conductors is to make sure there's that, edu- that educational component. Woven throughout uh, the process, the artistic process, so making sure you can follow a piece of music, knowing that a score is the is another name for a piece of music and how to follow a line and that the you know soprano line is always on top unless there's a solo and how to how to read music really will come along with the process um, it's immersion and so that is a great opportunity because learning by immersion is the most effective means of learning anything and for learning a language and music is a language. And so uh, really this Im- immersion um, is really one of the best ways to learn how to do that.
2: And if I can add on to that, sure. we have um, the last couple of years, we've also been running retreats, annual retreats for the chorus, which have involved music workshops with specific attention paid to the technical issues of music reading and other technical issues having to do with singing, because in addition to our community outreach, and we also um, take a, the education of our members very seriously and providing this wide range of musicians we have in our group from people who've never sung in a chorus before to people who are professional Musicians they direct choruses themselves, providing everybody with a rich experience. Um, and part of that also is that we have a small group that is auditioned. Mm-hmm. It's a small ensemble called Prism, and that group, um, for that group, the expectations are that yes, you will read music, you can learn music on your own, and um, that you can sing in a smaller, smaller ensemble.
0: Do you see mentoring going on either in a formal or an informal process between the more experienced singers and the less experienced?
2: Definitely. And we have um, a very strong sectional tradition. Um, I've actually been the soprano section leader for a lot of years. Um, <laughs> so we have, besides the regular rehearsals, we have these rehearsals where just the section works together and figures out you know, where are the problems and people um, share their own techniques for what is working for them, where they point out the places where they're having an issue. And I think those are very reinforcing, particularly for the weaker singers, because it makes them feel that this is a forum where they can express their own concerns and they can get tips from people who are singing their part.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, uh, I know you have a a very impressive uh, geographic range of performances, uh how about the singers themselves where do they where do they come from
2: We actually um have a a fairly good range there too we've um pulled uh, a reasonable number of singers actually from surrounding states we've mm-hmm. had people come up from the Baltimore area and down from around Philadelphia mm-hmm. and even further north um we do have people who come up from um, Rehoboth and Lewis as well and from Dover, the bulk of the singers, though I would say, are closer to um, Northern Delaware and uh, Southern Pennsylvania.
0: And this is for a weekly rehearsal process, I assume. Yes, we rehearse uh, okay. every Monday evening. Oh, great, um, uh, Ariane, What What does uh, the rehearsal process look like? I'm I'm, I'm curious. What, what 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 would a a Monday evening look like sure, if, if I were to show sure, up and sure, sing.
1: Sure, um, you know, with me just starting with Rainbow Corral, I, you know, will be doing some things that they have done in the past plus some things that are new um, but you know on a typical Monday night what will happen is we'll first get together and we will warm up so I always like to say that is the perfect place to begin um, and the warm-up time is one of the most important uh, periods of time because it's actually the time when we're building a vocal technique mm-hmm. and so I always like to tell people that is actually one of the most Critical pieces of the rehearsals at warm-up time, so it's really important that we're there for that. And so, what that is for our, you know, listeners who might not know, it's uh, a series of vocal exercises, range extension, helping with the articulator. So that's the mouth, the teeth the tongue uh, making sure that we're able to be heard well um, and so we're really working those muscles because the voice is just uh, a mechanism of muscles that many of that work together and they need to be stretched so you would not just run a marathon you would certainly train for that and so that is what warming up is it's stretching 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 and they and those vocal folds actually begin to stretch further and further the more that you do it and so that's where we begin to see improvements in range and tone quality and those sorts of things. So that's what we start off with We're probably about five to seven minutes. We jump into repertoire um, and whatever we might be learning. So we're going to begin with preparing for a concert in December, which we'll talk about in just a little bit. Um, And then, you know, there's a break, some social time, you know, where the members are able to check in with one another. Um, There's a really strong sense of community uh, with the Rainbow Chorale, which is one of the things that really drew me to the organization. And then after that break is the home stretch. Um, I try to make sure that the end of every rehearsal is a musical moment and that everyone is leaving the rehearsal having gone through a full piece of music and feeling a sense of accomplishment so that they can actually feel... that they have made progress and that they can see that the needle has been moved. So that's a basic format um, of a rehearsal. You know, I always try to do the most high-intensity part of it at the beginning where people have the most amount of stamina and focus.
0: Mm-hmm. Mary, you have a little more history with the Rainbow Corral of Delaware than uh, Ariane does. Could you speak to the range of repertoire? I know uh, a number of your programs have been thematic in nature.
2: Yes, yeah, so we um, uh, we are very eclectic. Um, We do do concerts which are based on on a theme, but even within that, so for example, a a couple of years ago for the December concert, we had a snow theme, and we did a piece, a multi-movement piece by a modern Canadian composer called Snow Angel, which uh, had both... Um, extended choral parts. It was very classical in nature and also spoken parts. And then we did Let It Snow. Um so we we'd like to mix it up. Um we will a few years ago we did a Bach cantata um and then we also were doing the love song to the mashed potato. <laughs> we so we, we we'd like to have humor, we'd like to have some jazz, some pop, some Broadway, um contemporary and then mix in the um both sort of standard classical repertoire and also modern contemporary composers
0: okay i'd like to get into some of the specific activities you've been involved with but first let me remind our listeners that you're tuned into news radio 1450 wilm and 1410 wdov our guests in the studio today are from the rainbow chorale of delaware the president of the board mary Repi, and the artistic director arianne harley I understand that you were involved this summer in a pretty exciting uh, activity. Could you tell us about that?
2: So this summer, um, the chorus went to Denver, Colorado to participate in the Gala Festival for 2016. So the Gala Chorus Organization is an organization of 170 or so choruses that are um, LGBT and allies. Um, Some are uh, all women, oh, some are all men, some are small, some are large. It's an enormous variety. And every four years in the U.S. they hold a big choral festival, and um, this one was the largest yet. There were over 6,600 people. There were 171 choruses and ensembles. And it runs for five days. And it's just an intensely amazing experience. Um, the Denver, we were at the Denver Performing's Art Complex, which is in downtown Denver. And it has an opera house, it has a symphony hall, it has a theater, large theater for, um, I imagine they mostly use it for musical Broadway type stuff. It has the small theater. And we were using all of these venues. Um, the Rainbow Chorale got to perform in the symphony hall the last day, and we had about 2,500 to 3,000 people watching us. And the audiences are – they're wonderful because they're all your fellow singers. And they care about the music. They're very supportive. They appreciate what you do. Um, its its It's – it's amazing. And the other part that is truly wonderful is getting to see what all the other groups are doing. Um, I, I came away, Arian can testify to this because I sent it to him, I came away with a list of about 25 songs that I thought the Rainbow Chorale should do. Mm-hmm. And we're actually doing a couple of them this, this December.
0: Now, is, is this gala by invitation or?
2: Um, we, we, the Rainbow Chorale is a member of the Gala Choruses okay. organization. And so you if you're a member, you basically you apply, but it's not, you, you know, it's not right. an auditioned thing, right. you don't have to send right. in tapes. They have um, special slots for longer uh, performances, which they run in the mornings, and for those, the, it's a much more elaborate thing, but for the regular set, mm-hmm. um, and we actually brought both the full chorus and also our small ensemble.
0: That's that's great, and uh, now th- that also demonstrates an amazement commitment on the part of your individual singers. I mean, there's there's a cost involved.
2: In yes, that. there is, and we I mean we do work hard to raise money to provide um, financial support to help with the costs of travel and staying there and, and of registration. Um, and so we were actually able to support our singers to about the tune of three hundred dollars each, mm. which covers about a third of the cost. Yeah. Um, so that was good. Um, the other problem we People have is just time, right? I right. mean, it's a it's a five day festival. You really want to be there for the whole thing, um, and it's. But uh, we had people come, and we had a also a really interesting experience where we actually went out and sang on in the Den, in on a Denver street. They have a pedestrian mall on Sixteenth Street, and the festival asked choruses or groups to go and do little pop up concerts, is mm-hmm. what they called them, mm-hmm. because along the mall they actually have pianos. Um, under awnings and so you go out at your designated slot and stand there and sing and that that was rather nice because you know people just stop walking by stop and listen to you and
0: And does that gala go to different cities every four years
2: um yes so it's been in Denver twice now um but next time it'll be in Minneapolis oh okay in four years
0: good uh, I, I want to come back to repertoire just for a minute, because it, it occurred to me. With the repertoire, is it all a cappella, or do you sometimes use piano, sometimes instrumental accompaniment?
1: Right, so there's a range. Mm-hmm. Uh, as most choral music, uh, a lot of it is piano-accompanied, mm-hmm. but there are certainly... The, uh, tons of works that are a cappella which the choir has done and the choir has also had the opportunity to bring in other instruments as well whether that's you know maybe uh, a combo or a trio you know drum space things of that nature as well and there've been other instruments as well you know maybe a solo violin or an oboe etc over the years um so yeah you know it's pretty standard of what you might see of any other Choral concert.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, you you have an impressive record of performing across the state. Uh, could you speak to how uh, the Rainbow Corral uses music as a, a tool for outreach? Uh, sort of as it's represented by the, some of the different venues and organizations you perform for.
2: Right. So we um, we have at this point a very active outreach program where we um, both we get we get requests actually. Um, so we've sung. We've sung for governor inaugurations. Um, we have sung at the Delaware Pride Festival several times, of course. We, But we've also sung in churches. Um, often a church will be wanting to do some outreach themselves. They'll be wanting to celebrate diversity, and so they'll ask us to come and bring in a group. Uh, a year or so ago, we sang at a local church, which it actually had— in. Some previous years, a bit of a schism over the question of gay rights, and which they were trying to heal. So they actually asked us to come in and and perform. Um, we'll sing outside. We'll sing inside. Mm-hmm. Um, we do bingo events with AIDS Delaware as a joint event, and we sing at those. So it's 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 really sung for the gov- government events. We're in this um, October. We're actually singing for the Delaware. Coalition Against Domestic Violence. They're having a Purple Ribbon event in Newark and they've asked us to come and sing. So we, we do that and actually I should mention that on our website, org. there is a tab called Outreach. And so if anyone's interested in having us come, there's a form there where you can fill out and make a request and you know, tell us a little bit about you know what dates you're looking at and what size group you won and what the event is and we'll take it under consideration.
0: That's great. We have a few minutes left so I want to uh, give you some time to talk about your upcoming uh, Season of Light program coming up on December 3rd and 4th.
1: Sure. Um, I'm very excited about it. This is going to be my first full-length program with the course, So um, the repertoire for that, again, is eclectic as you would expect. Um, So there are certainly some uh, more traditional pieces and carols that you will hear. But this concert, what I love about it is there are a lot of more modern pieces. Um, There's one composer, particularly Eric Lane um, Barnes, who we're doing a few pieces of, and they're just very humorous pieces that... Um, you know, really speak to the how we get all up in arms around the holidays. So I'm really excited about doing that. Um, these holiday concerts and winter concerts really are a celebration of all cultures as well. So there are pieces that celebrate Christmas, pe- uh, pieces that will celebrate Hanukkah, uh, pieces that will celebrate solstice. Um, and then there are just some fun things that we're doing, like a medley from the Polar Express. So there truly is a a lot for everyone there, and I think it would be a great uh, performance to bring families out to as well. Um, very, very enjoyable, and um, some toe-tappers there as well.
2: Yes, and we're, we're actually performing it twice. We'll be uh, mm-hmm. performing on December 3rd at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Newark at 7.30 p.m., and then we'll repeat the um, program down in Rehoboth Beach at Epworth Met- United Methodist Church at 4 p.m. on the 4th, so... And again, your website so people can get details? Um, www.therainbowchorale.org. And if you just search for Rainbow Corral of Delaware in Google, mm-hmm. it will also yep. come up. It will come up, great.
0: Okay. Now, um, Mary, uh, with, with the Rainbow Corral, uh, what have you seen as some of the, the, the highlights of, of the Rainbow Corral over the years and, and some of the challenges that you've faced but clearly overcome?
2: So, um, in terms of highlights, um, actually, the, uh, the gala festivals we've gone to have definitely fallen into that c- category. When I joined in January of 2004, and it went to the first big one that um, summer in Montreal, um, and that was just amazing, and they just – each one is more amazing. Uh, so, that's been um, – when we celebrated our 15th anniversary, we had a concert called Fabulous First 15 at, at Grace um, – Methodist in Wilmington, and that was a wonderful occasion. We did a sort of retrospective, and we had all the people come back from previous um, seasons, mostly in the audience, but it was it was just a, a great program and a wonderful feeling of celebrating that we had, had been around so long and done so well. In terms of challenges, um, the first challenge, of course, was when the founding director left. Um, he went uh, to go... Um, to grad school actually in Arizona and so that was a moment he had been director for about seven years and that was a moment where the organization had to do some soul searching and it's mm-hmm. very similar to I think the founder's effect in the startup you know where you, mm-hmm. there's a moment where you need to move on right. so so that, that was um, tricky and the director we got immediately after that who was really wonderful then had a family emergency and had to leave so we had a couple of years where things were we kept moving you know um, shifting but we we came through that. Um, the other thing that's been interesting is that the Rainbow Chorale is sort of a second-wave organization as far as the gay and lesbian choruses go. The first wave, which is very well represented by Anacrusis in Philadelphia, which was, I think, the first American gay chorus, and um, PGMC is not far behind it. Mm-hmm. Those choruses tended to be either men or women. Um the Rainbow Corral when it was founded there was actually discussion about whether it should be just men or should it be co-ed if you will and it was decided that it would be and that's I think a great decision mm-hmm. um but it, it did mean that, particularly in the earlier years, I think there were, there were some tensions around that, mm-hmm. about, um, you know, the different communities that come into it. And now, you know, as time has gone on, we've become much more aware of the rights of transgendered people and fluid gender identities and so forth. And these are things that we actually discuss at our retreats, the last two retreats we've had. And,
0: um, and on discussion. that note, it's time for us to wrap up. Thank you so much, Mary and Arianne, for joining us well, today. Thank you. Well,
1: thank you.